Konnichiwa and what is up the internet. This is your good friend Curtis Spears back with another episode of Okada Shorts Short. G-Wondering for the G1 Climax 32 Tournament Night 12 from Osaka. And this one was top to bottom bangers. There was no two ways about it. This one was absolutely fantastic. I would implore you to go ahead and watch the entire night. All five of the block matches were fucking killer. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, rattle off some of my thoughts for you, including my thoughts on installment number five of my favorite match series in the modern era. That's right. Even more than Okada and Omega. All right, let's get down to it, though. First match, El Phantasmo versus Yoshihashi. It feels like ELP hasn't wrestled in weeks. Uh, it's turns out it's been something like 13 days since he last wrestled and it feels like it's been way longer. He's been competing in undercards and things like that, but I don't know so much, so much happens every, every day in these, in these matches that if you're not wrestling in the main events, then it feels like you're not wrestling the undercards. A lot of people don't get to watch every single one of them. So sometimes you might skip a day and just watch the block matches. I know that's what Rafe does. And that's completely fine. I try to watch as many of the undercards as you can. You get a lot of little story beats that way. But I mean, we've all got a lot of life to live and a lot less time to live it, don't we? So if you can't watch them all, I don't blame you. ELP is starting out with some huge dives, some huge moonsaults. He starts, tries a senton. He gets caught with a pair of knees and Yoshihashi is using his hands to great effect and some great fundamentals. Headlocks wearing down ELP, that sort of thing. But ELP wants to make a show of it, and Yoshihashi is very workmanlike, just wants the points. The more ELP tries to show him up, though, the more fiery Yoshihashi gets, and the crowd is rumbling for Yoshihashi when he starts firing up and scores a plancha of his own. Yoshihashi at that point begins showboating a bit more with like guttural screams and fighting spirit, while ELP begins getting more focused on his strikes and kicks with less show. They've kind of switched sides here. It was very cool to watch. There was an audible pop as Yoshihashi kicks out of ELP's Thunder Kiss 86. The crowd was loving it. And another audible pop as Yoshihashi scores a huge thrust kick. And another with a near fall from the Kamagoroshi. Then two big pops for Yoshihashi's Karma finisher. And as the Ref's hand counts three. The crowd really lost themselves in this one. It was great stuff. And the crowd was really into it the entire night. I, I thought maybe they just really loved Yoshihashi. No, Osaka was fucking it, bro. They were on top of shit. So let's look at the second match. Lance Archer versus Toriano. Yano looked like he was actively pooping his pants as he was heading to the ring. Um, Archer was kind of playing Yano's game, taping Yano to the rail, uh, removing the corner pads with Yano. Yano drags Nakashima into the way of a senton from Archer from the ring apron onto the floor and tapes the young lion to Archer on either sides of the barricade. So Archer thinks, oh shit, I've got, uh, you know, I've got my arm through this barricade, I've got this kid taped to me on the other side. What does he do? He just pulls Nakashima through the barricade. Um, it's a good thing they didn't have, they didn't try to do that to someone like Okan who wouldn't be able to fit back when he was a young lion. Archer starts dragging Nakashima uh, around, drags him into the ring and actively uses Nakashima as a weapon to attack Yano. 
Kevin Kelly makes a Monty Brown reference when Archer hits the pounce, which is fucking awesome. That popped the shit out of me. And Archer scores a huge blackout for two more points. Archer should get three because he beat Nakashima too. Just pointing that out there. Archer has a really fun interaction with a fan uh, who has a double-sided sign. On one side, it's a picture of Archer, and then on the other side, it's a picture of Sonata. And Archer's actively screaming at the girl, yes! And then flipping the other side and pointing at Sonata, no! <laughs> it's, it's really, really fun. The little girl looked like she was about to pee her pants. This one was really fun. Archer, you could tell, was having the time of his life. And uh, Yano was really playing up the fear that I'm pretty sure any one of us would feel staring down Lance Archer. Okay, next match. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hiroki Goto. And Goto just begins by falling into Zack's exact wheelhouse. He's trying to use his power to damage and intimidate Zack, who is at his best when he's working from underneath. He's falling victim to one of the classic blunders. No, he didn't get into a land war in Asia. No, he didn't go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. He tried to overpower Zack Sabre Jr. with strikes and power moves, and that just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Goto gets caught, and Zack starts working his arm with multiple holds and strikes. Almost no control periods for Goto the entire match. Zack has been in complete control, and the crowd is gasping every single time Goto manages to escape a hold. After the 15-minute call, Goto finally starts to string some real offense together, hitting some huge slams, but using his injured arm to do so, and which that leads to Zack finally capturing the arm one last time to submit Goto with a nasty arm bar, and then straight out just says, and I'm going to quote here, I, I made sure to go back and write it down, I'm the best technical wrestler in the world, and if anyone has a problem with that, they can get their ass on a plane to Japan. You know who he's calling out, and we all want to see it. Just give it to us. Just give it to us. Next match, Great Okan versus Jay White. Jay is starting the mind games with Okan early. He's ducking out of the ring. So Okan starts playing some back by coming at Jay with, like, amateur wrestling angles. Great Okan then begins to control Jay using his power. And Ghetto distracts Okan just long enough for Jamie to turn the tide and begin attacking Okan's legs. Okan's able to turn the tables, but so much damage is done to his legs and his power base that he's having trouble, and Jay is really showing why he's the heavyweight champion of the world. The crowd's just eating it up as Great Okan is trying to build back with some hope spots, hoping that he can wear Jay down with the claw, but, and as Jay gets the Great Okan in the position for the Blade Runner, Okan reaches up with that taped hand and gets the claw onto Jay White's face. Jay looks like he's in trouble. The crowd is buzzing. And he hits the Blade Runner anyway. A perfect 4-0 for Jay White. Eight points. He may just run the block. We've been saying since the beginning that Jay might just go all the way. He might just run the entire gamut. He might be the first world champion to win the actual G1. He may not set up any defenses along the way. Jay White might just be unbeatable right now, and he certainly looks like it. Finally, the main event, the one I've been looking forward to since the blocks were announced. It's the first time in quite a while we're seeing Will versus Shingo. Will Ospreay versus Shingo the fucking dragon Takagi. I didn't even take notes for this match. I set my phone down. 
and I let it wash over me. Every single time that Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi meet, it's like I get a new favorite match. The story that they tell every single time is second to none. I, you know, I, I just said how I think it's it's a better match series than Kenny and, and Okada. And I really do believe that. And maybe it's just me, but that's because I'm a big fan of both of these guys. I love Okada with all my heart. And I recognize the greatness that is Kenny Omega, but in no way am I a Kenny Omega fan. And even though I, I see how good he is, he's not someone who I would prefer to have wrestle in giant main events. Now, I'm not going to turn this into the why I don't like Kenny Omega podcast, because it's not that. This is not to say that Kenny's bad. Kenny is very good. Kenny's just not someone who I like to see wrestle that often. So, we get two people who I do like to see. Will Ospreay, who is, in a, a lot of people's estimation, the best in the world right now. And Shingo Takagi, who I think is the perfect wrestler because he's a great mix of power moves, explosiveness, and speed. And their chemistry is off the charts. They work together so well. Their first singles match in the Best of the Super Juniors 2019 was insanity. It was so good because it was it was not just the crowning achievement for Will Ospreay, you know, showing that he was the top of the junior division, but it was really showing that we had two absolute aces at that point because Hiromu was on the shelf. Kushida was somewhere else. You know, you had, you had some of the older aces like Liger was still wrestling at that point, but he was on his way out the door. This was also before Desperado and Robbie Eagles had ascended. So it really showed that that division was in really good hands. And that was fun because we got to see two of the best in the world go at it. Then they both graduated to heavyweight. They put on G1 matches that were great. They put on a world title match that I think is probably one of my favorite matches of all time. It was definitely my match of the year last year. This time didn't disappoint. I know some people said that it kind of felt like it was a bit rushed or they weren't really telling a story. It was just move after move. I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like they were telling the story of these two knowing each other better than they know themselves. It's a masterclass in counters to counters to counters. And it was all done at blinding speed because these two have the best chemistry in the world today. So when you have an opponent who is as talented as Shingo or Will, and you have multiple chances to wrestle them over the last three years, this being their fifth match, you get the chance to really show what you've learned. You know, you can... you can. Block Will's Oz Cutter and turn it into pop-up Death Valley Driver or something. You know, like they were doing things that were off the rails in some ways. They were ta- they were teasing going for a, like a top rope Last of the Dragon or a top rope Stormbreaker, and that might be the end of their next match together because they will have another match now that Shingo's beaten Will. He's going to challenge him for the U.S. title. God, please. 
Let that be in October in the UK. Oh my God. I just thought that I might get to see that live. And, um, let me tell you that makes me very, very happy if they can put on. Oh my God. If I got to see Shingo and Will live, I'd be so excited. Oh man. It's funny. I've seen, I've seen some great matches. I've, I've seen Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat wrestle live. That was my very first wrestling show my dad took me to when I was a baby. I barely remember any of it, but I think that this might be the best thing that I would ever see. I just blew my own mind, you guys. Oh, my man. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Shingo catches Will finally with Last of the Dragon, and um, we have an interesting... D block still let's go ahead and take a look at the block standings as it is right now. A block Okada is at the top with six points. He's a perfect three for three Jonah with four points. He's two for three Fale, Cobb and Archer all with four points, but they're two for four. So they're under Jonah Lawler has two points. He's one for three. And Yano has two points. He's one for four and he is eliminated. So uh, Yano was technically our first elimination. This is the part of the year where people start to fall off. So Yano, the very first to feel the chopping block. The B block. Oh my God. The separation is huge here. Jay White is sitting atop the block with eight points. He's a perfect four and oh. Taichi has four points. He's two for three. Tomatonga has four points. He's also two for three. And Sonata has four points. He's two for four. Here we go. Check this out. Chase, Ishii, and the Great Okan are all at two points, one for four, and all three of them are eliminated. Ouch. That one sucks. The C block. Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. both sit atop the block. Three out of four points for, I'm sorry, three out of four wins for six points. Naito and Goto are two for four. So they have four points. Uh, Kenta and Evil have two points. They're one for three. And Hanare has two points. He's one and four. He's on the verge. He's on the chopping block already. D block. David Finley sits atop the block. Six points. He's three for four. Yoshihashi has four points. He's two for three. Will and Yujiro and Shingo all have four points. They're two for four. ELP and Juice... Both have two points. ELP is one for three. Juice is one for four. They're wrestling tomorrow, and the loser will probably be eliminated at that point. Going to be a big night for block action tomorrow. Your bad friend Rafe Houston is going to be covering that one for us. Let's go ahead and take a look at the lineup. To open the block nights, we've got C-block action, Aaron Hanare versus Evil. It's their first time in a singles match. Hanare must win to stay alive. A block action, Tom Lawler versus Bad Luck Fale. That should be fun. D block action, Juice versus El Phantasmo. Juice must win to stay alive. Ishii versus Chase Owens. Both of those guys are eliminated. That's your semi-main. And your main, check this one out. Kazuchika Okada versus Jonah Rock from TMDK. That one's going to be fantastic. This might be where Okada finally tastes some defeat here. I don't think they're going to have two people go... Perfect in the block, and I think that Jay is going to do it. So this would probably be where Okada is going to fall. They're they're they've got plans for Jonah. You can feel it in your in your bones. 
So like I said, your bad friend Rafe Houston is going to be covering that one tomorrow. But as for me, I'm done here. So what I'm going to do is tell you that you should follow me on all the social medias at LDestructo83. You can follow my bad friend Rafe Houston on all the social medias at FacesFeelsCast. You can follow the show on all the social medias at Okada Shorts. You can follow the lovely people who make this podcast possible, the Countout Podcasting Network, at Countout Pod on all those same social medias. One cool thing that the Countout Pod has started doing recently is they've opened up a Patreon. If you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming and would like to give us gifts of money, that's the best way to do it. They have tiers starting as low as $3. Uh, they also go up to a 5 and $10 amount. or $10 a month will go quite a ways away to helping us all put out more content and improve the network as a whole. And we understand that not everybody has the money it takes to give us money. And if you don't, then that's cool. You can definitely help us out by liking, subscribing, rating, uh, leaving reviews, that sort of thing. And definitely please share the podcast with all of your friends who are into things like Pyro. And if they're not into Pro, share it with them too. You never know. As of right now, the last thing we're going to do is we're going to shout out Riff Your Pod on Instagram and Bandcamp. The fantastic Owen is going to see us off right now with a fucking ripper theme song. And um, I'm going to go pet my puppy and make some pasta. So. That's not a euphemism. It's my dog. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, keep it right. Keep it tight. Keep it what? Short.